so it's the UK tax year for expats. That's what we're looking at. And what do we need to do? What can we do? Why do we need to do it if we're an expat? Uh, an expat, as far as UK tax concerned, can be in the UK living and working as an expat or um, a, a UK citizen or a domiciled citizen who's now working abroad as an expat. So can it broadly cover that group of people? So let's, uh, let's have a look in deep dive. And don't forget to make notes and subscribe if you want to uh, watch again and, and keep informed on these. So looking about the practicalities of, of, of the UK tax year. So who needs to do a tax return? Um, not everybody needs to do a tax return in the UK. You need to do a tax return um, and if your income uh, is more than 10,000 from other sources. So in England, there's withholding taxes, pay as you earn, uh, up to 12, uh, the personal allowance, 12,570. Uh, it's all taxed at source. And generally, there would be no need to do a tax return uh, if, if that is your sole source of income, that, that job. Even if you then become a higher rate taxpayer over 40,000 income, you're still not necessarily in the UK got a tax return to do. It's when you start having other incomes that you do need to do a tax return or your circumstances changes in, in some specific way. And, and one of those can be uh, as, a, as an expat. Uh, the other incomes that, that might need you to do a UK tax return could be property rental income. It can be property sales, um, uh, capital gains tax. Uh, crypto, if you're still a big investor in crypto, got a portfolio or any other share portfolio, um, they are capital gains sales. So any capital gains sale it, it is tax reportable in the UK. Um, and there's also, um, in, in recent years, it's a progressive thing, uh, UK government service pensions could, under a double taxation treaty, be required to be taxed in the UK, even if you're living in a, a tax residence overseas. So, so that, that could give you some form of tax footprint in the UK that you might need to consider. Um, <clears throat> for expats, so even if you're not resident, you could still have the liability to do that return in the UK. So let's consider the residency point of view. Uh, you're either resident or you're not resident. If you meet the non-resident rules, then uh, you only need to do a tax return on your UK income. If you're a sole trader and you've got a hobby income or anything over a thousand pounds, you need to do a return e each year. Uh, from that other source of income. So whether it's property rentals, whether it's a side business um, or, or any sort of capital gain, a thousand pounds, you need to do that to do that return e each year. Um, that could mean that you've got a tax return to do in the UK and in your, your country of residence. And, and that is maybe your foreign income is not necessarily going to be taxed abroad. And, and if you're receiving a private pension, that can definitely be taxed under a double taxation treaty in your other country. So where your permanent residence is determines where your tax residence is, your main tax residence. So you can be coming from the UK 
or another country, but wherever you are based, that becomes your tax residence uh, and where you've got that liability for. Um, <clears throat> if you've still got fixed income in another country, which is what we're talking about here for expats living outside the UK, got fixed income in terms of property rental income in the UK, property capital gains, um, or earnings in the UK, that will be taxed in the UK anyway, and you can't avoid that. And, um, and that could require you to do a return. And so you're either resident or you're not resident. If, you, if you're resident in the UK, you've got a tax liability on your worldwide income. Um, so expats abroad might have a liability to report their UK income in the UK as well as in their home country. It doesn't mean that you'll get taxed twice. That's what the dual taxation treaty is for, to give you an allowance against that um, uh, at, that, at that other time. Um, so that's something to consider. Dual residency works, resident or non-resident, you can't be both and you need to meet those rules. Split year can be used, but it's not something you can use every year. So you've got to, if you're going to go resident on a short-term contract, you need to be out of the UK um, for at least three years, possibly longer for income, uh, five years for capital gains uh, to avoid retrospective taxation in the UK. You can use split year going out or coming back in. So the 5th of April is a great time for people to start working abroad or, or come back in into the UK on the 6th of April, because you don't have to use your, your split year allowance and it gives you some flexibility in, in the coming months, uh, years ahead to be able to use that again. So if you've got a two year contract, the timing of the starting that contract and when, when you use your split year to go out or come back can be vital in terms of retrospective taxation. It can be fantastic to get a 150,000 contract uh, overseas but if you come back you're then subject up to 45% tax retrospectively the UK can go back up to six years um, if you deliberately don't disclose the information and try to deceive them they can actually go back uh, many many more years they can go back 10 20 years uh, it, because tax ultimately is a criminal offence and if the tax that they then assess is due is late, you get up to a 70% penalty. Um, and so we always encourage um, caution with our expat clients in their country of residence and in the UK to, to make the return, even if it's a voluntary return, to make sure that there's nothing hidden that can be caught out later on. If you follow the rules, then generally there's no problem that, that is going to arise going forward. We also often recommend using a personal service company. <clears throat> now, the UK have entry. If you use a UK company as your personal service company while you're working abroad, it gives you a number of different opportunities. Uh, so we, we've got different stories in, in, in other episodes in our Living and Working Abroad channel. So subscribe to our channel and then you can go back and watch those. But a personal service company, when you're working abroad, uh, can be very cost-effective and tax-effective. Um, the, the bad news going forward for the UK 
is that the, the corporation tax rate is being increased, um, but not for everybody. So um, the 19% corporation tax rate is the lowest among the top uh, G20 countries um, around the world, but they're increasing their corporation tax rate to 25%, which is still lower than anybody else in the G7, but obviously there's lots more competition for corporate business around the world. But the UK company is quite low cost to run. And if you've got a UK base, it could be very cost effective, especially for, for nomads. And, and, and here's why. The 19% rate stays uh, as a flat rate tax for net profits below 50,000. If you're operating through a personal service company, you can expense out of that company at, at the top level. Um, if you're living and working abroad, and you pay dividends out, the UK don't charge a tax on that dividend being paid out. The, the dividend is taxed where you are. So if you're in the Middle East or you're in the um, uh, another country where they're not like Cyprus, where they're not taxing you on that dividend income received from abroad as an expat, then you pay 0% on, on, um, on that uh, dividend. So uh, an expat with a £150,000 contract operated through a personal service country company um, <clears throat> could uh, leave a net profit of 50000 in the company, pay 90% flat rate corporation tax in the UK, and the dividend distribution of 100000 could pay no tax at all. So it can be very tax efficient for expats around the world. Um, the thing being is that the individual is non-tax resident, while the, the UK service company remains tax resident in the UK. So you've got two tax residents, two lots of allowances, and a, and a, and a company always has a flat rate of tax. Not quite now, because it, it, when your net profit goes above 50000 to 250000 it's going up marginally to 25%. So it, it, it does change, but there's big opportunities to maximize your personal allowance in your home country, your tax resident country, um, as well as expense out of the cost of the company or the cost of running the business to minimize and, and maximize your tax savings. So a personal service company can work very well for expats living and working abroad. For more information and guidance on that, contact us at ProPartnership.com. Um, Another point we want to highlight is that under changes in uh, double taxation treaty law around the world uh, in the last five years, uh, government service pensions in the UK could be taxed at source. Um, and that's a, a bit of a mixed bag. If it's a small government service pension, uh, you get to use the personal allowance in the UK for that. Um, but if it's a larger one, you're going to be taxed at the UK's highest marginal rate. So you've got that to consider as well. So uh, any uh, UK government service pension over £100,000 is going to be paying for, uh, sorry, £125,000 is going to be paying 45% uh, uh, tax in the new tax year. So that's something to consider. Now that can't be avoided. But if that is the case, under the special conditions of government service pensions, that's not reportable in your country of tax residence. So still expats can get, make a tax saving on that. 
and, and split their income between the two jurisdictions. For more information and guidance on government service pensions um, and treatment, uh, contact us at projectpartnership.com. So looking uh, uh, into it a bit more, uh, what about national insurance and personal service companies? If you're working in a country for more than three months, um, uh, whether that's the EU or outside the EU, then you potentially become liable to pay the equivalent of a, a social insurance or national insurance tax for doing that work. So if you're doing the work in a country, it's not just the income taxes or the corporation taxes that apply, it's also the national insurance taxes. And you know it, it, it's taxed by another name, but there's also benefits that are available for, for, for the expat. And these are important to take consideration of in the long run because they can give healthcare benefits and patient benefits. And there's a big opportunity for expats uh, with UK state pensions. So if, if you um, are concerned for your UK state pension as and when retirement comes, um, then it, when you go expat, you've got the opportunity to register and continue to pay class two uh, national insurance. Now, if you do that um, as an expat living and working abroad uh, through your personal service company, you'll pay class two, um, but you've got no UK personal income, so you're not paying uh, the extra 10% of, of class four. Now, the alternative um, is to pay the voluntary contributions at around £850 a year as opposed to £160 a year, so it can be a lot more expense for that. Um, have in mind that when you're a tax resident in another country, you may need to be social insurance registered there as well for, because you're carrying out the duties for that. So again, it's an interesting balancing equation you need to use with a personal service company. A personal service company, which has got a very high turnover, might have to apply IR35 rules, um, but that applies to turnover of millions of pounds. So if you've got a much lower turnover, you, you're not uh, um, restricted by IR35 rules. And even as a director, you can have a, a contract to do the work overseas. So you're not paying national insurance in the UK and not necessarily because you're working a contract. Um, uh, you can pay the class two in the, in the UK, but not necessarily pay uh, potentially higher social insurance in another country. What you need to do is, is consider what's best for the family in terms of healthcare and long-term benefits in the case of accident, sickness and health. Um, if, if you follow the rules and do the right thing, then in, you've got that protection behind you. Uh, the other circuit, but for, for new expats from the UK, living and working abroad, if you want to use the class two route, using a personal service company, you need to do it when you're first relocating abroad. Uh, it doesn't, it's not a retrospective option. Uh, otherwise, you still have the voluntary option, but that only goes back six years. So you do the current year in six years, but that's 850 a year to give you, um, as an expat, all it's going to give you is an extra state pension for that year, which is about 250 pounds. So it can be worthwhile at the moment under special transition rules. It's an opportunity to the end of July for expats to be living and working abroad to pay an extra 10 years contributions 
So an expat could pay up to up to 16 years back paycheck contributions uh, before the end of July 23 um, to, to earn that pension. Now, is it dead money paying that tax? Not necessarily. It's national insurance. It's a voluntary contribution. It will get you a UK pension benefit. But every a voluntary contribution of 850 would generate 250 a year um, a pension when you retire. Uh, and so if you receive UK state pension for three years, you get your money back. And, and that UK state pension is index linked. So it, it's a good investment for expats living and working abroad if they want to secure uh, additional state pension, uh, which is payable for the rest of their life on an index link basis. If you've got more, more information on, on uh, national insurance contributions in the UK, voluntary or class two, uh, with or without your personal service company, uh, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com. Uh, finally, um, if you have got a tax liability in the UK as an expat, it's too late to do anything about 2005 now uh, with what I'm going to suggest now. But <clears throat> you've still got, uh, if you're operating through a personal service company or you've got control, if you pay dividends out, then that's income that's paid out during the current tax year, but it's not expenses. So you need to fully expense your company during the current year. Um, the company's year can be different, but if you're uh, contracting, them, are there any extra expenses you need to make for, for the current period of time? But in the UK also, if you've got a tax liability, there's also opportunities to make investments for uh, tax credits. So an expat cannot contribute into a UK-based ISA but they can contribute and get some uh, potential tax credit into pensions, but also into venture capital schemes and investment schemes. Um, <clears throat> and the beauty of them there is that if, for example, you've got 10,000 tax to pay uh, in the UK for, for whatever type of capital gain or, or uh, uh, property rental income as an expat, you could make a 10,000 pound uh, gain um, investment into a venture capital trust to, to offset directly against that tax contribution. So that there's real ways that you can, instead of paying tax, make an investment in the UK and potentially, although it's high risk investment, potentially get a return on your money later on or additional tax reliefs later on as and when those gains arise. So again, if you... Uh, an expat abroad and you've got a tax liability and you're looking for ways to, to reduce that by investment, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com for some ideas in, uh, of how you can manage your UK tax liability. So that's covered everything for now. Uh, thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our website. You can contact us at productpartnership.com of help and guidance. Uh, through our Cyprus office or UK office uh, for UK expats and expats in the UK living and working abroad. It's the end of the UK tax year. The new tax returns become due uh, from the new year. If you need any help and guidance on relocating overseas, investing offshore um, or managing property rental uh, tax affairs, 
contact us at prayerpartnership.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. 